Welcome into the Air Sports Podcast. I am Chandler Carney. With me as always, Brady Scott. What up? Coming to you a little bit later today. Uh, we almost died last night. Nah, don't push it. We got lucky. We we had some, some naders in the area of Oxford. Luckily, none too close to us. Though we did hear the siren a lot last night. We had the siren a lot last night. Well, here, here's the thing, man. I was a trooper last night. And I saved your life, and you can admit it if you want to, but you don't have to. Nothing happened. Look, you know, sirens are going off, and I'm looking outside at the wind, you know, at the clouds and everything, and I go in here to try to tell Brady, you know, hey, tornadoes are coming. This man is dead ass asleep. And I was like, should I let him sleep and risk dying in his sleep? Or You should have just waited until it got really bad, you know? So... As a soldier, I did what I had to do. I said, Brady, Brady, I need you to get up, man. So we he, got naders in the area. And so he's like, all right, I'm up, man, I'm up. I was like, here's my whole story from that. So I'm laid in the bed. I get the notification on my phone. There's a tornado warning or watch earlier that night. I'm like, okay, this happens all the time. So I'm just laid in the bed watching TV. I doze off and I'm dead asleep. Before I went to sleep, I heard Chandler was in here playing Fortnite and heard him talking to somebody. Well, I'm sitting there asleep, and all of a sudden, I just hear yelling. And I'm like... I wasn't playing Fortnite. I was on the phone. You were playing Fortnite when I went to sleep. I don't think so. And I heard it. Somebody was. Anyways, I hear him yelling, and I'm like, it must be getting pretty intense. Because I'm still half asleep, sort of awake, hearing things. You want to lucid dreaming things? I'm pretty sure we've all had that. And then I hear my name, and I'm like, okay, I'm definitely dreaming now. And I just hear, Brady, Brady, Brady. And I open my eyes, still sort of asleep, and he's like, man, there's a tornado in the area, sirens going off, we got to get in the bathroom, we got to take cover now. And it was just like, just like that, I was up, out of bed, I was like, all right, what we got to do? I said, look, look in the corner, grab them pillows, throw them in the bathroom, you know, we're, we're prepared. He said, all right. This dude takes his book bag into the bathroom. I didn't want to lose my computer, man. <laughs> what if the building falls down? I mean, it would. What's it safe. matter? I'd put it under a pillow. I was gonna do some homework in there to distract me from the. Here's a good question, and I I would love for the top notch FEMA safety expert, whoever it is, to let me know this. Why, when there's a tornado or something in the area, they tell you to get to the bottom? of the building like i know that at the top the winds are stronger and it's less sturdy but if the whole building comes down it's coming down on top of you i mean wouldn't you at least like to to take your chances with the fall but we're on the second store story second floor i don't think we're falling that much uh, that's above that's above my knowledge man dude even when i was like in first grade kindergarten I, and they put us in the hallways and everything mm-hmm. Because, you know, we grew up in the day where we didn't get school canceled for tornadoes. No. It was getting in the hallway, put the book over your head, when it's over with, but going back to learning. Yeah. And I was always like, why do you have to be in the bottom floor? Everything's going to fall on top of you. That's true. I don't know. Really don't. It's not a question for me. Get you, if there's a weathered expert out there, we'll get you on next time. and You can explain that to us. But Any meteorologist that listen to this show... Just come on and let us know why. And we'll listen to you, even though you have the safest job in the world. 
You can't control the weather. You just try to predict it. Yeah, let me give you a prediction. There's a 50-50 chance it's going to rain every day, and that's the percentage all the time. It's either going to rain or it isn't. Yeah. There, there ain't no 10%, 20%. Yeah, there it is. No, it's 50 It's either going to rain or it's not going to rain. Never mind. No. It's always a chance. Just like in any sport event, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. There's not a 99.9% chance you're going to win. It's 50 50. You either win or lose. You put 11 on the field, you got a chance. Or if you're in the NFL, you you tie. I'm not even going to speak on that. Well, speaking of the NFL, what about this uh, big win for the Saints? It was pretty big. It was a good game, though. It was a great game. Can can we just get them slated to play play each other the rest of the season, just go back and forth from L.A. to New Orleans each week? I don't think that would be very fun for anybody else. I mean, it would be fun for everybody who got to watch that. Yeah. Cause that's probably the best NFL game I've watched all year, by far. Yeah, we don't get many down here in Oxford, Mississippi. No, I missed the game I really wanted to watch. Even though I knew it wasn't going to be a good game. The Chiefs and Browns? Yeah. Yeah, it was a blowout, wasn't it? Yeah, two of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. Two over? Probably my two favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. Probably. I mean, you can just go ahead and say it, man. I mean, they probably are. You can just go ahead and say they are my favorite. They're they're my two favorite. They are. One of the best young quarterbacks in the league and one who hasn't proved himself yet. Well, I mean, what what you want Baker to do, man? Like, I mean, he ain't got no help. Not even that. He ain't got no coaching help either. I mean, you can't blame him. I mean, look, rookie quarterbacks struggle. Peyton Manning had one of the worst rookie quarterback years ever of all time. I don't think anybody surpassed it yet. I'm talk about it now. Nobody remembers that. No. They remember all the breakers he broke and everything else. Yeah. I mean, it could be worse. I mean, you could root for Nathan Peterman. It's tough. That's right. I'm sort of upset, though, because... I have the Jets defense in fantasy, and they play the Bills this week. And they threw people, and they didn't get any chance <laughs> yeah. to play. Yeah, Derek Anderson's clearing the concussion protocol, isn't he? Maybe he'll get hit early and just sort of get dizzy. And Peter <laughs> hey, they ain't get, getting him at practice. Peterman. I'm talking about the beginning of the game. Mm. He gets hurt in the first quarter. There's three quarters for Peterman to throw a couple picks. You know? oh, yeah, probably like three or four. He threw three touchdowns to the other team. Yeah. He He throws touchdown passes. I saw something earlier. He threw three picks and zero touchdowns in his um, career. QBR went up 10 points. <laughs> really? <I> swear. <laughs> he went from a 20.6 to a 30.7. That's awful. It's not good. That's <laughs> not too good. It's not good at all. Uh, well, the NFL, I mean, would you say the Saints are the number one team now, or are you still sticking with the Chiefs? I know your boss with Mahomes and all in ESPN. I mean, the Chiefs. Sucks on him, so I, you do I too. Give, I give you the Chiefs are number one in the AFC and the Saints are number one in the NFC. I mean, that's blatantly obvious. I mean, you got the Pats in the AFC who beat the Chiefs. Yeah, but they got two losses. In the NFL, that's how it goes. Yeah. It is by losses. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a good loss or not. It's just by losses. I mean, and the Chiefs could have won that game. I mean, Mahomes took him down the field and tied it up. I mean, yeah, the Chiefs should have won that game, but the re- the league is rigged for Tom Brady. You mean Drew Brees? No, Tom Brady. The league is rigged for Tom Brady. I don't know. Wait till the playoffs and then it'll show. I mean. Wait till the playoffs I, and then Chiefs are going to get bounced in the first round. I know it's rigged for Tom Brady. They don't want them to have to play the Chiefs in, in the playoffs. But I will say, 
The Patriots division is the easiest in all of football. Yeah, but is that is that their fault? Like, they can't help geographically where they're mapped out. No, but you can't say it's rigged for them when their head and shoulders the best team in their division and going to be in the playoffs no matter what. Could it be that the league rigs those other three teams to be that shitty? I don't think so. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I think, I don't so. think so, man. I just don't understand how the how the two New York teams suck so bad. Like you're in the biggest market, man. You can afford anybody. They don't have offensive lines. That's what I'm saying. Like go get some. You can afford them. They just miss in the draft, man. That's where they're trying to get them, and they're not going and signing anybody in free agency. So you got to try and go through the draft, and if those guys don't pan out, you still suck on the offensive line. That's the thing with the NFL, man. You you can turn it around in one year. I mean, everybody talks about Eli. Yeah, he's old, and he can't move to save his life, but... He ain't got time to breathe. He ain't got time back there. Everybody talks about Eli. Nobody talks about the offensive line. Nobody. And how bad they are. I mean, it's pretty obvious. And everybody talks about, well, OBJ needs a new quarterback because he needs the ball. Well, no new quarterback. If you got a quarterback, it better be someone like Terod Taylor or somebody who can move. Because he's going to run for his life. I mean, because you got to have time to get it to anybody. And if he wants a deep shot, you got to have more than second and a half, two seconds to yeah. get the ball out. Yeah. Or you're just not going to push the ball downfield at all. No. And that's the thing, man. I mean, Which a lot of teams don't in the NFL don't like to push the ball downfield that much. I they mean, like to run it. I mean, when you look at the best teams in the league, what do all of them have? Their quarterbacks all have time to get the ball out. They all sit back there and pick defenses apart. I mean, even the Saints this week, Drew Brees had plenty of time. Against probably one, probably the best defensive line in the game. Uh, and no, uh, it ain't a problem, man. It is the best defensive line in the game. And he had plenty of time, so he was able to pick them apart. If he'd have had the Giants' offensive line in front of him. Yeah, but think about how mobile Drew Brees is, man. You saw that run. You saw it. I wouldn't say he's too mobile. He's, he's, mobile he's more athletic than, than anybody gives him credit for. Yeah. Including I, myself. I say he's more athletic than we give him credit for. But yeah. He's not the fleetest of foot by any means. I mean, he's not. He's quick enough to get out of certain situations, and then he knows when to get down. I saw you, though, man, and he is not mobile. He like, can't move. Not anymore. even 1% mobile. No, not even when he was at Ole Miss was he mobile. No, but he was way better than he was now. I mean, he was also 20 years old compared yeah, to 45. Hey, he's not 40. He's getting up there in age, man. He's, he's at least 37. I think he is 37, exactly. You ever seen him around in Oxford? Huh? You ever seen him in Oxford? Yeah. His face looks the exact same as it did. He just old. Well, he grew that beard out a little bit one time. You think it was like a playoff beard or something? Then when he realized they weren't going to make it, he just kind of did away with it? I don't know. Maybe it was just a warmth beard. It's pretty cold up there in New York. Yeah. He is indeed 37 years old. Boy, spot on, man. It'll be 38 in January. 38 years old. How much longer do you think he has to play? Because um, you look at Brady, you look at Breeze. I think this is last year in New York. You, re- you really think that? No, I think it should be. You think he's just going to go somewhere else? Or you think he'll retire? I don't know if he'll go join his old coach and Tom Coughlin will try and get him. Yeah. On a one or two year deal in Jacksonville. But that's really the only place I see him going other than the house. Yeah. I mean, he's had a great career, though. He has had a great career. 
two Super Bowls. I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no question about it. I mean, he has nothing to hang his hat on. So, he's playing for just pride, I guess, now. Pride of playing. I'd just be trying to play out his contract and get some more money. I don't know. I don't think he's going to be hurting for money. You know, a lot of studies show that NFL players go broke within three years of retiring. I don't think he's one of those. You don't think so? No. I think he's going to be all right with the family money that he has. He'll be okay. I mean, do you think they have family money? What does Archie actually do? He has to do something. He has to have money because he does nothing but go to football games. You think they're in the mall? I don't know. Peyton's in all these commercials, so he's in with somebody. Yeah, but why? Okay, so if you get all these, I know if I got all my commercials, I'm not just going to hand out money. Hey, hey, brother, here's you some money. No, but he may come be on a commercial with him. Sort of like the ESPN commercial. Yeah, that was a great And he'll get paid for that. Archie was in that commercial as well. I mean. You think Archie lives off that commercial? He lives off something. I don't know. I mean, they made a ton of money in the NFL. And then Cooper's very successful in what he does also. What's he do? You don't know, do you? Like a lawyer or something. They're in the mom. He's a lawyer or something. Really? I thought he worked in finance. He's something Or some like kind that. of energy trading type deal. Something like that. Here's what I do know. I can't tell you what, anything about what the Mannings do for money. But I know that tonight is a State Forum Champions Classic. And how pumped are you for college basketball? Before we do that, who's your NFL MVP right now? It's, it's really a toss-up. I think it's a three-horse race. You think it's Breeze, Mahomes, and Ty Gurley? Yes. Yeah. I think Omar deserves to be up there with Ty Gurley. But either way, I think those three or four have the best chance of winning it. If Mahomes keeps doing what he's doing, I don't see any reason he doesn't win it. The only thing that could make me see him they, not winning it is... they win 14, 15 ball games. No, it's not, that's not going to happen. Possible. They're going to go twelve and four. I just don't think they lose that many ball games down the stretch. They're going to go twelve and four. If I'm wrong, I'll give you. I'll give you a dollar. That ain't even worth it. That Cooper Manning is the host of a show on Fox. The Manning Hour. I've never seen him on Fox. Me neither. Is it a radio show? Is it like a podcast or is it like a televised show? It looks like it's sort of televised. I'm not really sure. This is the first I've seen of it. It must be a local Fox channel. I don't know, man. I couldn't tell you. But it's a show. They're part of the mini mob. That's what they do, man. I don't know. Who are you taking tonight, man? Michigan State and Kansas. Kansas? You know who I'm taking. I'm taking Kansas in that game. I don't know if people actually... Bet on college basketball games. I'm sure they do. Spread is five points in Kansas's favor. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, the I think the last time they lost was back in 2015. Like they always play in this. They've signed on for it. Kansas is always very good at the beginning of the year. Oh uh, yeah. So I'm going Kansas. Easily. I'm a, I'm a good time is though. Because Michigan State lost their two best players off last year's team. But so their two most explosive players also. The only reason I kind of don't want to go Michigan State, um, you know me, I hate Kansas. 
and everything about him. Yeah. With all of this going on with the whole gymnastics thing and all that, this school has lost a lot of money. And it's hard to be able to put up scholarships and stuff like that. Yeah. Very true. And it puts a damper on the program and the Michigan State brand as a whole. Yeah, that's why I just think, I think Kansas will win anyway. Yes, yeah, early on, so they're not gonna lose. They're not gonna lose till it's March. Yeah. And I just think they won the ball game. I don't know who that Michigan State has stepping in those two key roles. We'll find out tonight for sure. But when you lose two top ten, top twenty draft picks, it hurts. I mean, Miles Bridges wasn't that good. He was a game changer for them, though. He was who they went to for buckets down low. I always like to see the next game is uh, Duke and Kentucky, which all these games are played in Indianapolis. Uh, Kentucky's favored by one and a half points. I always like to see, because, you know, Kentucky idolizes the one and done rule. Yeah. And, and people. Jumping on, and people. He's jumping on it. People get mad about it. Yeah. But if it's a rule and you, you know, take advantage of it, I, I don't see any, any problem with it. Calipari just did what he's got to do to try to win, which he doesn't win championships, but, I mean, he wins games. Yeah. I remember last year, about two weeks into the college basketball season, I'd watch a couple Kentucky games. Yeah. And uh, my brother uh, had mentioned something about them, you know, not having anybody. And And we were watching it together, and I said, that's their guy. He just doesn't know it yet, and it was Mike Knox. And I told him that a week into the season. I said, because he's he's got all, everything. It just hasn't came yet, yeah. and it'll come, and it did. Last year? Yeah. Mike Knox. Kevin Knox. I don't know why I said Mike Knox. Kevin Knox, the forward. I was thinking, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Who is Mike Knox? I don't know. I'm look it up real quick. Found out. Well, Kevin Knox, yeah. That's I think he went ninth pick to the Knicks, which was like, crazy. I didn't think he was like that good. something, I thought. Nah, bro, he was a lottery pick. I think he was a top ten pick. Knicks fans were booing him. Booing him. Right. Because they're Knicks fans. That's Kevin Knox, though. And Mike Knox is an old wrestler. Hmm. That's probably why you thought of that. Kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit better, too, Mike Knox. Right, what yeah. pick, which pick did he go? Hold on. I'm looking. Well, but that's the thing. Like When you watch Kentucky, the first game of the year, you try to find out who they're getting in, who's going to be their guy to go to. He's ninth. Yeah. I was thinking of their other guy they picked. Somebody that went 20th that had a good preseason. I'm not really sure who it is, but. You're taking Kentucky in this game? Huh? Or are you going to take the Duke freshman? I don't like either one of the teams per, per se. But if you hadn't heard, I believe I've told you this before. When Krzyzewski got this class in, I said, you can go ahead and skip to March because they're going to cut the nets down. I said, with this class coming in, it's over. Duke's going to win it. I said it last year when all of them committed. Duke's going to win the Natty this year. As much as I hate to say that, they probably are. They are just too talented. And down low, nobody's going to be able to guard them. With R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. You also have the brother of Tyus Jones who won a natty at Duke. Uh, Trey Trey Jones. Jones. I just think they're going to be too good and too talented. They may not win tonight. I'm picking them to win. They may not figure it out early. 
but they'll have it figured out by March, and they'll be playing great basketball. Uh, if they can stay healthy. That's a, that's a big problem with Duke freshmen. You think about it, Kyrie Irving could not stay healthy. No. And he would have been a game changer. I mean, you just got too much talent on this team. Yeah, I'm going to go Duke as well, uh, which I like Duke. Um, you know that. Mr. North Carolina fan. I do like North Carolina in that rivalry. I'm ready to see the college basketball season kind of pick up a little bit. I love how they, they do these big games. Like, this is two top ten matchups. Yeah. Michigan State's 10th. I want to say Kansas is is fourth. Yeah. Or they might be first. Kansas is ranked number one. Yeah. And then Michigan State's ranked 10th. Duke's fourth. fourth and Kansas K- is two. Kentucky is two. Yeah. This, I mean, why do you think that college football doesn't do things like this? And what do you think that's going to try to copycat it? What I can mean, help it? The thing in college basketball, you have more games and it's a longer season. And the early loss, like, all these teams are going to be in the tournament, no matter if they win or lose tonight. I mean, they're going to be in it. They're just that good of teams. And as the season goes on, people will remember the team that wins, but the team that loses, it does. nobody's going to talk about that hurting them. Yeah. Where in college football, say you have Alabama, LSU, and Georgia, and you play in the SEC – if you go play a Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas team like that in your first game of the season and lose, it can alter your entire season because playing in SEC, you know you have Alabama on your schedule if you're in the West. You have LSU on your schedule. You have Auburn because you never know how they're going to be. And now and you, you have a and yeah. I mean – and you, you, and look, you have Mississippi you, State. That's a good defense. You look and you say, I have to go through all these teams. And I may slip up in one of those games. And if I play this big game at the beginning of the season, first game or two, and I lose it, and I lose another game, I'm probably out, out of the playoff because only four teams get in. Yeah. And if you lose out, say, LSU, if they lost to Miami and then turned around and lost to Bama, they would have been out. There would have been no way for them to get in because Bama would go to the SEC championship more than likely win it. And then there's your conference. And with the way they did it this year, yes, they lost to Florida, but Florida's in the East and they still controlled their own destiny yeah, if they I mean, beat Alabama. And I think if you see the college football playoff expand, I think it has to go to 16 for teams to start branching out and playing these big games early. Because with 16 teams – you look at Alabama's and LSU's and all these big Power Five teams. They'll say, "I can afford to have two losses because my strength of schedule will be so good. I can still get in with two losses." I mean, LSU's got two losses, and I still have them in my top six. I mean, they're still they can still get in, but they don't control their own destiny now. Yeah, but you look, both those losses are in conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they'd have played somebody, I mean, everybody thought Miami was going to be good this year. Yeah. Miami turned out to be a little bust, but if Miami would have been great and like Miami last year and won that game, it would have been a good win. LSU would be out. Yeah. They'd be out with three losses right now. And that's the thing, just teams, they they want to risk it all in conference. They want to have those four non-conference games that they have a great shot of winning. And that's why they do it. That's why you don't see more of the bigger games. You'll see the conference versus conference, but it'll be – uh, 
hired either two of the lower tier teams in the conference or a top tier team in a conference playing somebody who sucks from the other conference. Yeah. That's like people take Rutgers for instance. People say, Oh, I'm playing another power five opponent, but it's Rutgers. That's not another power five opponent. That's not a test. And I think until it changes people aren't gonna take risk because there's not a lot of wiggle room in college football. Because you see teams that play, they lose one game and they're like, okay, I may not be in now. I have to win out to be in. And if you lose the first game of the season, the pressure is immediately on that you have to win out to have any chance. I mean, I I agree with that. And I do mean, you think that, that they should go to 16 teams? Like, is that something that you think that they should do? I don't think they should right now. I think you can go to eight. And I think eight's a good number. I just think the bigger you get, the worse the bowl season is. I just think that that's true. Because with the four-team playoff, you can they're rotating the big bowl games around. Yeah. If you go to eight teams, then you're going to have to rotate between the four. I just say you go to the eight teams and all of your New Year's Six Bowls have – playoff implications, and then you bid on what stadiums get the semis and the final with eight teams. Because I say you go ahead and have the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Rose Bowl, and the Fiesta Bowl, they all host a semi or a quarter. Yeah. And then you have Atlanta and all these other teams bidding on them. You just rotate throughout. You play those four bowl games there. And then you have the other stadiums bidding on the other three sites. So you could play potentially in the Rose Bowl twice or in Superdome twice, you know. I just think that would be the best case because when you get to 16, then you have to go in, where do we play these games? What are these games for? Because if you do them at somebody's place, say Alabama's number one and UCF is 16th. Yeah. UCF travels to Alabama to play in Tuscaloosa for a chance to move on. What do you do with the loser of that team? Do you still send them to a bowl game? Or how do you do it? What? Because it's going to call – you're going to have to look into that. Because 16, you're going to have eight games. And I just don't think with the time and all, you're going to have to do it right after the SEC championship or your championship. Weekend. It's going to have to be the week after. And it could be. And then you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to say, okay, where are we gonna play these games? Higher seeds gonna get home field, and if you do that, is it a home tickets for them, or do you split tickets? You have to work that out. Because, well, I mean, because adopt like, whatever the FCS does. Yeah, because majority of these games are they're huge. I mean, if you're playing this in Atlanta, you got fifty fifty split on tickets. If you don't sell all yours, you give them back and the other team can get them. Yeah. But I just don't know if that would work as well in the home-and-home home because the loser, if they don't give them a bowl game, is really out of anything. Because would that really be a bowl game or would it be a play, play-in? If you played the weekend after the conference championships and you have the 16 teams and you, there's eight games, okay? Yeah. Top eight seeds – Home field advantage. 
week after that. And then you could rotate it with the bowl games after that. Because the bowl season doesn't start for another two weeks after yeah. that. I would even say you could put a little baseball ideology in there and put ten teams in and have sort of a play-in between two or put 12 and have – I don't know. I don't know how it would work. But the, and the thing is – That's like Herb Street's been saying six. And I just don't know how six would work. If you if you do six, people are gonna say, "Well, we need to do eight. You do eight, people are gonna, gonna say you need to do ten, and then you're right. not gonna please anybody. Or if you do ten, you're gonna have to have two teams with a bye. Yeah, your top top two seasons get a bye into the four New Year's six games, and I just don't know if that's better than having eight teams or not. I mean, I guess six would be like that too. You'd have a have some off, I guess. I don't know. You can think about it like this too. What kicks off the bowl season are the lower bowl games. Yeah. So you can have those play as well as these playoff games. And then after that, you can say, okay, well, you're you go into this bowl game. Loser automatically is going to this bowl game. Yeah. And then be prepared for it. Give them a week's advance on it because then you can have, I think you have time to, have, to prepare. Because you have to have – each team, I think, has, what, 15 bowl practices? Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. So you run into the problem of okay, we have to play this game, but we also have to give them their fifteen bowl practices. Don't do fifteen bowl practices. Treat it as I have seven. I have seven, three, four practices for this this team. No, I'm talking in. about after. Don't do after fifteen bowl practices. Game. Just do a regular week practice. Okay, then why do all the other teams going that aren't in the playoff going to get their fifteen practices? But who do you prepare for? That's the thing. Like. They don't know who they're preparing for, so they really only have that much to prepare. You just said they're going to say you're going to this bowl game. So after you lose, and then you play somebody else yeah, that's in the, in just, the playoff I'm too. I'm just saying, you, yeah, you're going to have these practices before your playoff game. But the loser who goes to a bowl, you're going to have to give them time to prepare. So that's why you have to do it so early. Let them play somebody else that was in the playoff in the bowl game, a loser, and then that way you have the same amount of practices. I just don't. I don't think they'll ever go to 16, for I think, sure. I just think it's too complicated. I mean, basketball is easier. Way easier. Baseball is way easier. Yeah. And football is just because – See, like baseball, they just do regionals. They just put six tickets on sale to anybody and buy them, whoever wants them. And if you're a top eight seed, you're at home. If you're a top 16 seed, you're at home for a regional. And three teams come to your place, and you have a tournament. And the winner moves on, and whoever's the highest seed – out of who you're matched up with, they host a super. And then you go to them. But, I mean. It's also so so much easier for those two sports because there's not a lot of – it's not a brutal sport. You don't have to have time to recover yeah. with it. You can play back-to-back days yeah, easily. Just throw in a different pitcher. Yeah. And if you're in basketball, just suck it up once go. Yeah. Use your bench more. But, I mean, they do it in the NBA every day, back-to-backs. Yeah. Playing four or five nights a week. Well, I mean, they do it in the MLB as well. And only only people that, that get off is the pitchers. I just believe they have to extend the bowl season to make 16 work. They have to. Yeah. To where you're probably playing your national championship the week before the Super Bowl or something. Yeah. And I don't see a problem think, in that. I think it goes through January. But I just don't think – I think the logistics with where you play those games and what you do with tickets and how you travel people – We'll play into it because baseball, it didn't matter if 
you'd have LSU and Mississippi State in the same regional one year. And those teams should not be playing each other in a regional. They did it geographically, so where teams didn't travel. And this year, they find, this past year, they finally opened up to 16 national seats, and all those were ranked. And then you try and divvy up to where it's evenly matched all over. Yeah. And that's something you have to look into, travel and all. Because UCF, if they have to travel and play Oregon in Alton, they're probably not going to have 2,000 people there. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be a home game for Oregon. And it should be even, in my opinion. I think a game like that should be split or a neutral side or something. Almost has St. Louis, Tennessee Tech, and who who else was in there? Regional. St. Louis, Tennessee Tech. Texas. Was it Texas? No, we were matched up with Texas. Yeah, we were matched up with them for the Super. Oh, man. Was it Stephen F. Austin? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Because, I mean, that's the only reason I asked that is just to see, you know, the area, how they travel. Yeah. I mean, State had to go down to Tallahassee, didn't they? Mm-hmm. That's not a terrible they went draw. down there and run that, won that regional. I mean, and that's the thing, though. They want to make it to where everybody, like, it doesn't yeah. matter. It don't matter where you are. If you should be matched up, Ole Miss or Mississippi State, if you should be matched up in Cal State Fullerton's regional, we're going to have to find a way to get you out there. Yeah. Because that's the thing with baseball. They want it evenly distributed to where everybody has a fair shot. That's like uh, Northwestern that. State. They went They went to Corvallis. They went to Corvallis. Yeah. And that's a trip. I it's mean, different LSU world. went up there too. Yeah. Them and LSU both were in that regional. That's crazy. There's a lot of stops between Corvallis and Baton Rouge where you could put the LSU. I mean, because I thought LSU, the way they played late, was on the verge of a top 16 seed. Yeah. And they go play the number one. A top five seed. Oregon State was yeah. number one, wasn't they? Yeah. LSU should have been in like the 14, 15, 16th regional. Okay. Instead of a top five one. I mean, I just don't understand how they do it. Right, so, what do you think about this Bama LSU game moving on to college football in the last half hour of this podcast? I mean, it's just a brutal beatdown. It went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Minus two and not playing in the fourth. And if Jalen Hurts is healthy, he probably doesn't play the whole fourth quarter. I think he does. Just because – the mean, whole, you said the whole fourth quarter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Jalen probably comes in. Yeah, in but the second half. Basically, all two it did after the third was they went into, all right, we're up 22 nothing. You can't move the ball. We're going to hand the ball off, bleed this clock, and we're going back to Tuscaloosa with a win. I mean – if the offense doesn't scuffle once or twice, I mean, I see where it could have easily been a 40, yeah. 41 to nothing loss or 41-3 or something like that. And you have a lot of people on social media trying to call for Joe Burrow to I not mean, have a starting quarterback. We need a new quarterback. I mean, you can't say that because he has not put up big numbers In all year game. long. Go back and look at any game he's played. He's 200 220 to 270 passing, 270 on a good day, maybe a passing touchdown or two or a quarterback sneak touchdown. 
I mean, he hadn't hit a big play all year. No. It's not a big play offense. A big play they get out of their offense is a 15-yard post route that just breaks open. No, that's not even that. Just a turn around and hand it off, and if they break one, they break it. And that's a huge play for their offense. I mean, I just I just knew coming in, their defense, Alabama wasn't going to do what they've done to everybody else against LSU. I mean, anybody with eyes could see that. Yeah. But also, coming in the week, Nick Saban had to love it. You know, because coming in, they are both on bye weeks. Everybody was talking about LSU's defense versus Tua. Tua hadn't played a big defense. LSU's defense going to shut him down. LSU's defense versus Alabama's offense. What was nobody talking about? Nobody was talking about Alabama's defense. Uh-uh. And that, Nick Saban just had to love that because he walked in and said, all right, guys, they, you see it. They're saying you, you, you're you not even worthy of being talked to. In my opinion, they're just as good, if not as good, as LSU's defense. You think he actually said that because he doesn't actually like all the media talking about them anyway? No, but he don't want them listening to it. And them not talking about it, you know he used I mean, it. he can't get pissed off or something that he told people not to do. I mean, you know, it's rat poison. Stop talking about it. He had it. to love it, though, because nobody was talking about his defense, and he just knew. They're like, you keep talking all this shit about their defense. We're pretty good, too. Yeah. I think they're actually going to play the best defense in the conference, aside from themselves, this week in Mississippi State. I think LSU is better in state defensively. Well, here's the thing. Because of their back end. They do have a better secondary. That's the only reason I say that, because of their back end. Mm. Because LSU's linebacking core is just as good as state's. Yeah. State has a slight edge in the front four. Yeah, Definitely. That might but be, that's, I think that's the only edge they I have. I mean, that's a top five front four in the country. Yeah, I think that's the only edge they have, though. And that's why I still say LSU's good because they're good from front to back. Yeah. And I think if it, I'd rather be weaker in a point, I'd rather be weaker up front than in the back end, especially against teams that you're going to play in the SEC. You like to stretch the field. I mean, the only team I like to be – I mean, you really flip that on is like if you're playing Mississippi State – or Georgia. And basically everybody else likes to air the ball out. Do you think Georgia has a defense that'll that can match up with Bama? I mean they're set, they're gonna play in the SEC championship game. They they lost a, some key members off their defense last year and it's shown I just don't think they're as good as they were last year. I think they're still a good defense. Don't get me wrong, they have a good defense. They're very well coached and they're always they're usually in the right Right call, yeah. or right scheme. I just don't think. I just don't think they can keep up with Alabama. That must be nice. To have a deep, to prove for a team that has a defense in the right scheme, in the right place at all times. Must be an offense that just clicks. Must be. We wouldn't know anything about it. We clicked for three quarters. The South Carolina, I mean, is a decent game for a third-party outsider with no emotional attachment to yeah. the game, it'd probably have been a funny game to watch. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what happened in the fourth quarter. I had a buddy tell me we had 18 total yards of offense in the fourth quarter, whereas in the first three quarters we went up and down the field with doing whatever we wanted to do. Granted, we didn't get in the end zone every time, but we were in the red zone every drive. Can't and score then, in the red zone either. And then we get to the fourth quarter – 
and we don't know how to move the ball. And the thing, the thing and that I, really stamps it. All we had to do was score one time in the fourth quarter, and I think the game's out of reach. South Carolina was on their sixth safety on their depth chart. Yeah. They were scraping the bottom of the barrel at linebacker position as well I mean, late in the game. I just don't know what we were doing. Scotty Field touched the ball four times in the last four possessions. I mean. Averaging seven and a half yards a carry. And it's a real shame because outside of the first 15 minutes of the, our first – outside of the pregame of the Alabama game, yeah. this was the best crowd we had all year. The crowd was in the game late in the game. At the end of the third quarter and beginning of the fourth when we punched a touchdown in, it got – there was energy in there for the first time since DK scored a touchdown against Bama. And it's like, okay, defense come get a stop and we go down and score. This one's over. And we just couldn't do that. We couldn't get the timely stop. I mean, I mean does it surprise you? Because you, you can't really put it all on the offense. You score 41 points against a bad South Carolina offense, you expect to win that game. Yeah. I mean, the defense puts you in a situation where you have to score 50. And well, that's I, every week, And man. I don't care who you are. I think Oklahoma's the only – only team in the country you can walk up to them and say, hey, guys, we need 50 tonight to win. We honestly need 50. And you can feel – you're not going to feel good about it. Well, I mean, but you, you saw can, it this past weekend. But you can feel okay about them going and getting you 50 to yeah. win. I don't know if anybody else – maybe Alabama can do that, but they don't have to. Exactly. They don't, you're not they're gonna, not going to give up no, 45 points. You're not going to walk up to them and say, all right, guys, we need 50 to win. You might say we need 50 so starters don't play at halftime. Yeah, they don't have it. I mean, I just don't know if anybody can play with them. I mean, everybody's going to say State. I don't Nick think State's Fish- offensive can play with them. I think maybe they can stop them a little bit more than LSU did. But I just don't – I mean, it's going to be – it's going to be – It's in Tuscaloosa. That adds fuel to the fire as well. Um, they don't have a shot. If State comes out and wins this game, though, then it's going to be the most Mississippi State thing ever, just to shit on everything else. I don't believe they have a shot. No. I mean, they put an 11 on the field, and you got a chance, but I don't see them beating them. No. I see them coming I mean, out fired they, up, strong first, I mean, and then they can come fizzling out. I out with them defensively, but they're not going to be able to score against them. They can't move the ball. I mean, their big thing's running, and you're not running against that defense. Mm-mm. And that was proven against LSU this weekend. LSU did not run the ball on Alabama at all. What do you think of the Georgia-Kentucky game? Another game where it went sort of exactly like I thought it would. Kentucky's offense has been struggling. Georgia's defense shut them down. And Georgia did enough on offense to win the game. I mean, because basically you look at it, they just ran the ball all over Kentucky. Yeah. It was basically just handoffs. And that's what won the game. I think Georgia in this this Bama-Georgia game should be a better match, the best matchup. For Bama all year. I think the to this point. I think the LSU played Bama better than Georgia will. Because I believe yeah, Georgia's gonna put up more points, but I don't think their defense will stop Alabama like LSU's did. Because you've seen flashes of where they can give up some chunk plays. I mean they gave up chunk plays to Joe Burrow. And I just think I go back to that game man, and thinking about it, I just don't see how LSU beat them. I don't like that. Just how LSU beat I them like they, they did. I don't know how they beat them like they did. Yeah. I can see LSU beating them. Yeah. Field goal maybe. But Not, like they did, you have to really think that 
they underestimated them and they just thought just, that it'd be easier. I just, again, I don't think their defense is as good as it was last year, and I just think that hurts them because Alabama's offense is two times, three times as good as it was last year. Yeah. Easily. Easily. And I just, I think that'll be a worse game than the Bama LSU game. So who's in your top six after this week? Shaking it up a little bit. Had Oklahoma in last week. They're going to slide out to five just because of the close encounter with Texas Tech. They should have handled that game a little better. They're going to slide out to five, barely behind my four. Six, I have Georgia coming back up. Two good wins in back-to-back weeks. I have them back at six. Oklahoma at five. At four, I have Notre Dame sliding down. Notre Dame slides down to four because they did – they haven't looked great the past few weeks. I mean, they're not playing teams that should beat them. They should beat these teams, and they're in close ball games in the fourth. Yeah. I mean, they they shouldn't be in close games in the fourth against Northwestern. Or who was it? Pitt. Yeah. They shouldn't have to make plays in the fourth quarter to win those games. Moving up to three, I have Michigan after their dominant performance at against Penn State. I mean, this is the third or fourth week in a row that they've dominated. Their defense looks great. Their offense still, I see a struggle coming. Yeah, I mean, especially with Chase McSorley not being 100%. I mean, and we've seen how Shea Patterson plays in a big moment. I, I think they traveled to Columbus this year and played in the shoe. So we'll see if he can play in that environment. But, I mean, that's a broken team as well, Ohio State. Yeah, they're not playing well. But I think they'll be – it's a rivalry game. They'll yeah. be ready for it. And the way Michigan's been playing, I just think they're third right now. And the top two is the same with Clemson and Bama. There's no – there's no argument now that Bama's won. Yeah, Bama's won for sure. They're won until they lose now. And Clemson, they haven't played anybody – but they beat – They're beating teams like they should beat them, though. You're playing nobody and you're scoring 60-70. Yeah. I mean, you can't choose who you play in conference, but you can beat them bad. And I think they're finally doing that now. Like earlier, Aside from the Syracuse game. Earlier in the season when I was talking about them struggling, I mean, I knew they were going to win out. But they were in close games against people they should not have been. Yeah. And I have them back up at two now that they're playing – not that they – not they're playing anybody any better. But they're beating them. They're like just they winning be. like they should. And that's the only reason that they're back up there. And I don't think they're going to play them against Bama if both are undefeated. And yeah. I think Notre Dame will be at three. Or either. I don't think they want another SEC, all SEC national championship. Yeah. So if Georgia happens to get in there, I think Georgia and Bama would play in a semi. Yeah. And Notre Dame and Clemson will play if Notre Dame's undefeated. But I think the best chance for another SEC team to get in would be Notre Dame losing. Yeah. I think that's the only scenario now, short of Alabama losing, that the SEC gets to. Because if Alabama wins, wins out, Notre Dame wins out, and Clemson wins out, you look at the winner of the Big Ten and the Big 12. If you have a one-loss Big 12 champion. See, but you're big on the Big 12, and I'm not. I don't think the Big 12 is going to get in. I don't either. I don't think the, the Pac-12 will get in either. 
I don't. I think the Pac-12 is out just because of the talent in the Pac-12 this year. There's the Pac-12 is out because Washington State, literally, their out of conference schedule is terrible. Is garbage. And they're the only team that could get in. Now, had they went undefeated, if they had found a way to beat USC and went undefeated and won out, yeah, put them in there. But I think that the out of conference scheduling yeah. is really terrible for them, and that's going to hurt them in the long run. I mean, and their big wins doesn't look as good anymore. Is Notre Dame out with a loss? Yeah, I re- I really think so. That I mean, who they play besides besides Michigan? Michigan they beat uh, Michigan okay. first week. Okay, here you go. You have one loss Michigan, one loss Notre Dame. Who you putting in? Michigan. I agree. Because Michigan has beaten more great teams. I agree. They will put Michigan in. And just they should because of who they beat. I don't know if it's. They're not going to look at the head to head. Which I think is important, but it was the first game of the year. I think if it's a middle of the season game, like week six or seven, and Michigan wins that game, I think you look back. Our Notre Dame beats Michigan again. You look back and say, "Well, you that's... look back and say, okay, both of these teams had their identity. They knew who, they knew who they were, and you, whoever won that game, gets in because you played middle of the season. Everybody's healthy." But you never knew what you were going to get because they're going to use the thing. Okay, Shea Patterson never played in this system before. First game for a new team. That's what you're going to hear. I don't even think – it wasn't even that convincing of a win in no. a way like that either. But but I think Ian Book's playing. Ian Book's yes. for real. He, he's been playing very good. And he's – I don't know. I think he makes that team just so much better. Than they were with Wimbush. I still think they're probably undefeated with Wimbush right now, but they don't look as good as they do. No, not offensively. Because, and that's why I just think they're going to finish undefeated. I would take a two-loss LSU team over uh, Washington State. Yeah, just because of who they've lost to. And and who who they've beaten. beaten. Yeah. And and I mean, I I like Mike Mike Leach. I like Washington State. From a stamp standpoint of somebody that doesn't What's LSU's best win? Georgia? Yeah. I mean you have to say it's Georgia. Their second best win. I mean Miami no. is not a good win, but at the time it was. No, I don't see that as being a good win. The thing the thing you have to look at now for me too is because Florida you know, beat LSU because you know good and well. If Washington is sitting there with one loss, the way that Auburn has played, they're going to look and say, oh, that's not a good loss. That's a terrible loss. Yeah. And that's what they're going to say. So I just mean. And that was supposedly a big win for LSU, too, at the time. That's what I'm saying at the time. But LSU did lose to Florida, and then Georgia handled Florida. I just don't think that's a good loss. I think that loss keeps them out. I think if they beat Florida – they're in. Even with the loss to Bama. Yeah, it would be the same way as Bama last year. Yeah. Well, I got Bama, and then I have Clemson at two. But I have Notre Dame at three, just to stick with the undefeated. Yeah. I have Michigan at four. And then I have Georgia at five and West Virginia at six. And it's going to come down to – the Big 12 is going to come down to the last game of the year with West Virginia, West Virginia and, and Oklahoma. Yeah. And we talked about Heisman – and you're big on Kyler Murray, and you should be. He's a good player. 
The only thing I think is he doesn't have that Heisman moment yet, and it's going to have to come soon for him to win it. Tua had one this past week at LSU, that long run for a touchdown. I think that's a Heisman moment for him. Will Greer actually had one this past weekend with a touchdown throw and a two-point conversion. Yeah. You can say, well, he's not put up any numbers or anything like that. He's put up numbers. And he's had a Heisman moment. But that's his only. You only have to have one Heisman moment. You can't have 15. I just don't think the voters are going to put him in. He's going to be in the conversation. I think that throw all but booked his ticket to New York. Yeah. Depends on how he plays in the last game. And if you want to say that, I mean, Gardner Minshew this past weekend, not a lot of people saw it. He led a fourth quarter comeback game-winning drive. I think you're going to have those four guys in New York. I think you'll have those four. And I think that they'll put uh, ETN, the running back from uh, Clemson, to be a fifth. Does a big game against Michigan get Haskins back in? It could. Potentially it could. It may get him to New York. Yeah. A big game and a big win. Could get him to New York, but I think the the um, it's really gonna go down to Tua. Tua, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be until Kyler Murray has a Heisman moment. I'm not gonna say him. I I just why why give a guy a Heisman trophy if he doesn't have a Heisman moment? And it could come against West Virginia. It could wait till the last week, and that's a good team for it to come against. And I'm not saying that he won't have it. I'm just saying he hasn't had it yet. And these two players have. And they're the only ones that have had it. I mean, if he has any defensive help against Texas, that's it. Yeah. Because he brought them all the way back. Had he he, had he won against Texas? Defense, it, it wasn't him. It was a defense. I mean, had Oklahoma won against Texas and he threw a touchdown pass to win it, yeah. there's a Heisman moment. You give him the trophy. Yeah. It's a right, drive against okay. Kyle a Heisman moment, though. I mean, it could be. I don't think Kyle's that good. Defensively, Cal is very good. I just don't think if Cal had an offense, they would be in the top 15 in the country. I just don't see a moment against Cal being a Heisman moment, you know? Because you look at who Heisman moments are, it's like Tua against LSU. Kyler didn't have one. If he beat Texas, he had it. Maybe. If he would beat Texas in that faction, yeah. they would have had it. I mean, if they were blowing out Texas, that one, yeah. But, I mean. I just don't think a drive against Cal is one. I think Tua has the best one, obviously, right now. And the throw by Will Greer was good. It was great. It was, it was a, a great throw. throw. It was a good throw. I feel like he could have set his feet. but now, and that's the thing that's what makes it even better is that it was, he was off balance. And the thing was, they were kind of like draining the clock a little bit. And I was sitting there I like, what is going on? Great. And then he's running around and just lobs it up, catches it. It was a great two-point call, though, because yeah. nobody saw that come. I didn't even see it. Well coming. worth the unsportsmanlike conduct. I mean, when he took off, I said, oh, great call. He's in. I mean, because as soon as, he, soon as I saw him bring the ball down, I said, there's nobody out there. Yeah. Because you knew that corner was locked to David Seals and wasn't moving, especially after you think that um, he knew the timeout was coming, and that's why he said if they call a timeout, just throw it out. Just throw throw the slam. Because nobody moved, but the offensive line didn't move after they heard the whistle. The only people that moved were Seals and were Seals, the cornerback, and the quarterback. Center center had a snap in. Yeah, but they blew the whistle right as he was about to snap it. 
I think that's good because and the know, only people that moved were those three. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, because they had two timeouts, so they call it just throw it. Because they think because they brought the extra defender over to help the yeah. outside linebacker, which they should have done to begin with. Yeah, you can't match up one on one on him. No, but especially force if he's if you're gonna not gonna force him outside. Yeah, like force him outside and try to out jump him with it or something, but don't let him get inside leverage on you. Yeah. It was a terrible defensive call. That was a good call, though. Do you have any final thoughts? No, I pretty much said it all. I have one for you, man. I went to Walmart today cooking a, cooking a pot roast. No, Mississippi pot roast. Humble brag. And flex, but okay. For a billion-dollar company, you think Walmart could get some damn buggies that didn't boom, 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 every time you push them? People tear them up, though. That's not on Walmart. That's on your customers. Okay, your billion dollar company hire somebody that fixes just on these cards. You can afford to pay them. It's annoying. They ain't hire Bubbles. Off Trailer Park Boys. Bubbles will fix them up for them. If you watch Trailer Park Boys, you know what I'm talking about. I only know two people watch Trailer Park Boys. Bubbles will fix up your, your um, shopping cart for you. I would thank y'all for. Then he'll resell it for you, too. Thank y'all for listening to uh, the podcast. I have a good week, and uh, we'll be back with you Friday for a preview of the college football weekend.